0: On the Virtual Bible study tonight, we want to talk about contemporary worship.
1: Yeah, we hear a lot about this, and I think it may be some... I better get my microphone down Yeah, here. we'll get it down there. We're hearing a lot about this, but and I think it may be confusing to some people. We hear the terminology contemporary worship, and then that's contrasted with, with what's referred to as traditional worship. And So we want to talk about what that means and what is the... Actually, we want to boil it all down. What's the right approach to worship?
0: All right. It's going to be a good discussion. We're getting started right now.
2: 313814567 or by emailing your questions or comments from collegeview.com. We hope you'll take out your Bibles and study along with us as we begin an exciting study of God's word on this edition of the virtual Bible study.
0: We welcome you to the virtual Bible study for Thursday, February 6, 2020. My name is Jacob Gwynn. My father, Greg Gwyn, is here. Hello, Dad.
1: Jacob, great to be with you tonight. Good to be with
0: you tonight. Kyle's behind the controls again. Kyle, welcome tonight. It's good to be here. Glad you're here. Glad that you're listening on the other end of the line. Appreciate you joining us tonight. And you can participate in the program if you're listening to us live in the chat window below the video feed. Or if you're participating anytime. You know, you can listen to this uh, maybe 2040 before you get around to listening to this. Send us an email to questions at dot com. I don't know if, if we're still we going to be here in twenty forty, may <laughs> but maybe somebody but will get that email. In the near term, we hope to be here. Yeah, right. All right. Um, so, uh, questions at collegeu dot com eight seven seven three eight one four five six seven. Look forward to hearing from you on the program tonight. Now, some people may have tuned in tonight expecting a special guest, and we had to make a, a last minute uh, readjustment to that schedule.
1: So, last week we had announced that we were having a. On on site in person interview with a Lutheran preacher who's very congenial and friendly and and agreed to talk to us about our differences on the subject of baptism. Yeah, and so you had set that up, Jacob. He he got uh, he got rescheduled, and so we had to. He actually got
0: called away. Yeah, so we have to uh, we have to schedule. He he's tentatively scheduled. All right, well, hopefully more than tentative. He's he's really trying to get here for. Uh, March the 19th, so we'll be marking your calendars for that. And just a few weeks to wait, and then we'll get. Uh, well, actually, it's more than a few weeks; it's about a,
1: about a month
0: and a half. But <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, hopefully sooner than later, we'll get yeah. that on. Yeah. All right.
1: Yeah. And so, if you if you tuned in to to catch that discussion, I we're sorry that that's had to be rescheduled. But stay tuned, and hopefully we'll get to that okay. in a not so terribly distant future. All right. Keep reminding people that we can get you a bumper sticker. If you'd like a bumper sticker to help us spread the word about the virtual Bible study, send us a, 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 an email with your address and we'll mail you that bumper sticker to you. Also, if, if you are a social media person, which I'm not much of a social media person, but you, if you yeah. are, uh, share news of the virtual Bible study uh, on your on your Facebook and uh, get that word out that way. Or just tell others, word of mouth is great, you know, just tell others about the Virtual Bible Study or uh, send them an email and say, hey, check this out. We are also on Twitter, by the way, so look us up on Twitter. Okay. All right. You're contemporary in every sense of the word. Not really. Okay. (laughs) All right. So what we do on Thursday is we send out an update about midday uh, telling people what our topic for discussion is going to be on that given night. If you're not on our update list, we hope you'll get on the list by sending us an email to questions at collegeview.com. Just say, add me to your list, and we'll do that. Uh, And if you were on the list today, you would have gotten this update with these questions. Mm -hmm. Number one, how would you define what is being called contemporary worship? Number two, what do you know about the Willow Creek Community Church and the Willow Creek Model that has been spread through books and seminars around the country. Number three, what is wrong with contemporary worship at that methodology? Number four, how would you answer those who defend contemporary worship by saying, I reject traditionalism. I need more worship with more emotion. And we have to change the style of worship if we plan to win lost souls and keep our kids. Yep. And finally, if the contemporary worship... Method isn't the right answer. What is the right approach? Okay,
0: looking forward to our listeners joining in that discussion on the program tonight. All right, number one, I guess. All
1: right, so uh, we we see our buddy Dwight out in Iowa is having trouble getting the program. Dwight, just refresh. Hopefully, it'll. Uh, of course, he's not hearing me say that. If he can't. Oh, now he said no. no nope, that's somebody. Else. Somebody We're else. We're out there. Yeah, well, yeah, we are. Yeah.
0: Kyle doesn't let us down.
1: All right, so. Maybe some people are confused with the terminology. What about what is contemporary worship? Well, contemporary worship involves several things that uh, tend to appeal to people, especially young people and it would involve things like the kind of music that is employed in in their worship services uh, and and what you would typically see is a performance group up front. Usually you'll hear them refer to those as praise teams. Okay. And so there'll be a bunch of musicians playing guitars and drums and, and what have you, electric keyboards, all that sort of thing. There'll be people singing it will be a really aggressive beat it will be like rock music uh, at least probably i mean i don't think we'd categorize it with as hard rock but at least soft rock uh there'll be lights uh strobing there'll be lights beaming around the group and often you see even fog machines to to produce effect uh and and that's that kind of thing is in these contemporary worship settings. So music is definitely involved. And then the kind of message that is preached is a part of this contemporary thing. Uh, Usually in, in a contemporary worship service, you would never see, never categorically, never see the preacher wearing a suit and tie. Okay. Just absolutely not. Uh, he's going to probably the most formal thing you'd ever see on a preacher in a contemporary worship service might be a golf shirt, mm-hmm. a collared golf shirt. But more likely, it's he's going to probably be not tucked in, probably not tucked in. It's more likely it's going to be a T-shirt and jeans and tennis shoes. Yeah. You know, uh, his message is going to be pretty short, very uh, sort of. Uh, inspirational sort of thing, sort of a a devotional type of message. There's not going to be very much if any reference to Bible verses. Very little little scripture reference will be found in the message. Uh, And definitely it's going to be positive and upbeat. It's not going to be negative. There's not going to be any controversy. It's all going to be positive, feel good kind of message. So music and message are going to be a big part of it. And then definitely it's an emotional event, and it's, and it's designed to stir the emotions, to get people emotionally uh, involved. Uh, typically, the crowd probably not even going to be seated in seats. They're going to be standing. They're going to have their hands raised, and they're going to be swaying to the praise team music. Uh, uh, they're going to be hand clapping, applause. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to be a pep rally sort of atmosphere sort okay. of thing. Okay. Very emotional and designed to be so uh but now in, in saying that I, I mean if you've watched any of that or if you've actually attended any such me we're not saying that it's that the people aren't being genuine it's, it's there's they're not faking it it's it's, re- emotional re- it's real emotional there's yeah. no there's no doubt about that yeah. no. uh and then so music message emotion and then the thing that you you see the result i guess the the, the other thing we'd say is the result of it is it draws big crowds uh these contemporary worship services in these various churches are drawing lots of people especially lots of young people uh there's no doubt about it it's drawing a crowd now uh when people look at that and then they contrast it to what they've always known as church Church is dry. Church is boring. It just goes on and on and on. I get so tired of just sitting there. I can't wait to get out. There's no emotion uh, in it at, at all. Uh, and so there's a pretty stark contrast between what people view as contemporary worship and the old traditional worship. Uh, uh and sometimes we would have to we would have to acknowledge that sometimes worship does get that way where it it lacks passion and and enthusiasm uh and so we've got a problem we've got a, a really stark contrast between what's identified as contemporary worship and traditional worship okay
0: so you've done a good job of laying it out here's what kent said down in Calhoun Georgia he said, worship that has been developed for the present day and is based upon human desires rather than New Testament authority. And so that does get down to uh, really the difference here. And that maybe gets you into question number three when you ask what's wrong with it. But it does play more on what the is interested in rather than what God is. So, so we see that this worship is catered to and it's specifically catered to the younger crowd to try and appeal
1: to them yeah and and it it, it and we're going to talk here in a minute about how this kind of got started but you think about it even even in the bible we see the 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 sort of the desire or the the tr- the tendency at least of human beings to decide to design worship to what they like And I think maybe one of the early example, well, the earliest example of that is Cain and Abel. You know, uh, it it is clear that God had instructed Cain and Abel to make animal sacrifice. Apparently, Cain liked the idea of, of offering the produce of his of his crops instead of animal worship. Uh, he he didn't do that because what God told him to. He he must have done it because it's what seemed good to him, what he liked. And so, in the very earliest example of worship, we see we see a case where the tendency was do your own thing, do what you want to do, do what you like. With Cain, it didn't work. Another episode in the Old Testament, very familiar, is the 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 children of Israel of while Moses was on Mount Sinai, they decided they would worship. And erected a golden calf, an idol, to to facilitate what they wanted. So I, I'm just saying there's always been sort of a tendency to to be man-centered in worship rather than God-centered. And that that's a fundamental flaw. Malachi
0: chapter 1 talks about this where the children of Israel had just begun worshiping God in a convenient way. And he says, "You offer polluted bread upon my altar." And You say, "Wherein have we polluted thee? And in that, you say, "The table of the Lord is contemptible." And you offer the. And if you offer the blind for sacrifice, is it not evil? And if you offer the lame and sick, is it not evil? Offer it now to thy governor. Will he be pleased with thee, or accept thy person? Saith the Lord. Host. So they were. They were serving God, but they were doing it in a way that was more convenient for them. Less, pro- less uh, sacrificial. Dare we say they probably enjoyed it more? Yeah. I mean, I'd
1: enjoy it more if I could get rid of that. I got, I, got, I got this sick sheep uh, and I, I'm going to he's going to probably die anyway. It's not worth anything, yeah. but I can get I can I can check off my religious service by giving this sick. sheep. I mean, I'd be I'd probably leave that more happier than if that good lamb had got died. So,
0: yeah. So, yeah, so and God said, hey, it isn't about what you want. It's about me.
1: It's about me worshiping me and that's what we've got to remember. Okay. Yeah. Good. Let's let's grab a break and when we come back let's talk about sort of the, uh, how this got started. Uh, again, we say it's kind of a historic tendency of humans to do this, but in our age, in our time, in our generation, what's what's the nexus of this contemporary worship? trend and we'll talk about that all right don't go anywhere
0: the virtual bible study will continue hopefully with your comments on the other side
3: are you listening there's going to be a test on this stuff the virtual bible study continues right after this
4: Hi, this is Jordan Tames from College View Church of Christ, and here's some thoughts for you today. Have you ever wondered why there never seems to be enough time to get everything done? Well, we may not have the answer. According to an article in US News, an average American in his lifetime will spend six months at a stop sign, eight months opening junk mail, one year looking for misplaced items, two years unsuccessfully trying to return telephone calls, five years waiting in the line, and six years eating. Other recent studies suggest that we will spend as much as twenty years watching TV and even more time sleeping. Now to put this in proper perspective, think of this if you attend every service of church, Sunday Bible study, Sunday morning and evening worship, and Wednesday night Bible study, you will spend only about 1.5 years total. That's only slightly more time than you will spend looking for misplaced items, and only about twice as much time as you will spend opening junk mail. But some Christians will not even do this much. Over and over again, we return to Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25. Do not forsake the assembly of ourselves together. God commands us to assemble. Why? The context of this verse clearly shows that it is for our benefit. Are you taking advantage of this great blessing? Christian, how are you using your time? If you don't regularly attend all of the services, you may be spending more time opening junk mail than worshiping God. Isn't that a terrifying thought?
1: Here's some quotes worth pondering. If you haven't received everything you deserve, be thankful. Man is the only known creature who can reshape and remold himself by altering his attitude. Vince Lombardi said, it's not whether you get knocked down, it's whether you get up. Albert Einstein said, in the middle of difficulty lies opportunity.
3: Man, wish I'd said that. How about logging off of Facebook and getting into God's book? The Virtual Bible Study continues.
0: We're back on the program tonight. We're talking about contemporary worship, and we're asking, what's wrong with it? Uh, What do you think about contemporary worship? Send us your comments. Uh, in the chat room tonight, or give us a call we 're looking forward to hearing from you
1: okay so we talked we sort of tried to define what contemporary worship is how, how did this get rolling in our in our generation what What has been what really pushed this to the front and made it such a popular movement and And I think some of our listeners surely have heard of the Willow Creek community church in Chicago and probably heard of their preacher Bill Hybels H Y B E L S uh they they got this going back I, I think that church began in 1975 or or their work began in earnest in 1975 so we're talking about what 45 years ago what they did is they went out on the streets of Chicago and they they interviewed people why don't you go to church? Why are you not in church? Uh, why do you not attend church services? And they got three prominent answers when they did this survey. Uh, the most common ones were, it's boring. Mm-hmm. It's not relevant to my life. Uh, they're always begging for money. Those were the three top answers. Why people that they, they purposely went out to interview people. Why are you not attending church services? So with those answers then, they decided to build a kind of church through basic marketing techniques. In other words, find out what the people want, give the people what they want. Isn't that what you do when you're selling a product? Yeah, you You want to do a little market research. Market research. That's exactly what they did. They did market research, and then they decided, okay, here's what people want. Let's give them what they want. Uh, uh they they de- designed a church that would fit the needs of their target audience that's the target audience was people who are not going to church so we, we'll give them what they want uh and so uh the, the, this this began the, the Willow Creek uh uh what do they call it the Willow Creek style or the Willow Creek model uh, books have been written about it. Hybels wrote a book about it. Others have written about this. And, and, their, and their methodology has been uh, uh, imitated in c- cities all over the United States. Uh, and, and they're pretty successful. The, the Willow Creek Church, uh, and I don't have any real recent numbers on this, but back a while back they were averaging like 14,000 people on a given Sunday on a special days like Easter, they were having twenty-five thousand people. Uh, so that that's how that that that's the Willow Creek Community Church. That's the Willow Creek model that people are using, and that is sort of the the uh, quintessential contemporary worship. Okay. Okay. All right. Now, uh, if think about think about what we just said there. Think about that approach. They decided how they should worship God by asking people who weren't worshiping God. In other words, so go to a bunch of people who have no religious inclination, they're not involved, they're they're not spiritually minded people, ask them how we should worship. And then base the worship on that. Doesn't that seem sort of backwards? I mean, asking non religious people how we should practice our religion seems like kind of a a backward way of going about it. Yeah. Uh, But the motivation is wrong. So what were they, who were they trying to please? They were trying to please these unchurched people, right? Yep. When actually the object of worship is to please God, our creator. Yep. But it goes back to what we were saying earlier, that there's a historical trend on the part of people to please themselves in how they worship rather than I don't it doesn't matter what I like it doesn't matter what my personal preference is it's not a question of my desires it's a it's a question of what has God told me to do yeah. and that's the fundamental flaw with contemporary worship and and the focus is on just getting people to go to church
0: and certainly we want people to attend a worship service but it's not just about the numbers of people we get, or just getting people to come, period. It's about us worshiping God and submitting to God and changing as a result of the service, not just, "Hey, what do you want? We'll give it to you." We need to come out different on the other side.
1: Yeah, yeah. If if it just if it just appeals to me as I am. I, yep. It it doesn't motivate me to change yep. to be something yep. better or different. Yep. yep.
0: David's in the chat room. He says it's worldly rather than spiritual, worshiping self rather than God. And with the, the way that you've explained it here, it seems that that clearly is the objective. Is It's about what do you want? What makes you happy? In the sense, in essence, you're worshiping yourself.
1: You know, we sort of have a case study in the life of Jesus of a situation similar to that. Remember in John chapter 6, uh, Jesus uh, was followed by crowds of people, uh, and and he had he had fed in, ch- in the early verses of chapter six. He is one of the instances where he fed thousands of people with just a handful of food. Right, right. You know, feeding them. Up. He did that twice, and, and John six records one of those instances. So he fed them. He did, he he didn't draw the people with a promise of food. It wasn't that he had used food as an enticement, uh, uh, and but but he 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 provided food as an act of compassion. But it's interesting. The next day, when the people came to Jesus, they actually tracked him down. They,
0: he had gone across the, the asleep, Sea of Galilee, yeah, and they had circum scry or circumvent or sir- Circum- circ- Naga- sir- yeah, that's it. And they, they got to him. Now they've done a lot of work to get there. I mean, they, they'd really got a lot. I mean, you would think they're they've put, a, they've
1: invested a lot. Yeah. Uh, but when Jesus spoke to them, he, he said in John six twenty six, "Ye you seek me not because you saw the miracles, but because you did eat of the loaves and were filled. And so Jesus saw that they were just coming for the gratification f- f- carnal fleshly gratification and he didn't feed them again that second day yeah. when when it was clear that that was what their motivation was so when it, in the case of Jesus when he saw this is what the people want but it wasn't what they needed and he didn't give it to them okay good uh good
0: connection there uh what do you think uh sign in the chat room there and share your comments with David and Dwight and the others that are in the chat room tonight uh, we look forward to hearing from you, and give us a call at 877 381 You may disagree, uh, but uh, certainly there are many uh, issues that we would have with this idea of contemporary worship. Uh, what, are you, what are your thoughts on that? And say, How does it compare to the scriptures?
1: Yeah, did we read? Uh, we, uh, <laughs> we did can, not. Kent had just a note about the Willow Creek
0: Church. They are an interdenominational or transdenominational church that has secularism as its basis, and so yeah. Basically, my
1: Basically. guess is that Kent probably has done some reading about the well. It's really a popular, well-known, established okay. organization. And Bill Hybels, that preacher, is uh, quite popular because he's been so very successful in drawing large crowds of people. Yep. OK. All right. So here's here's the question. then. what's wrong with this? We, we've we already kind of touched on this. But what's wrong with this? Mm-hmm. Uh the, what we ought to be asking when it comes to worship is, is this what God wants me to do? Yep. Is God honored and glorified by this worship? Number one. That'll be the ultimate you know, question that we ask. Yep. And the fact is that we just can't offer up anything we want and slap the label worship on it and then just say god that's that's fine god will be happy god with it god will be that. happy with it yeah but that's what people do basically
0: you know and the, the irony of it is is that people will say well look at look at what we're doing here god's going to have to be pleased well we go back to leviticus chapter 10 to the, the story of nadab and abihu they they offered that strange fire now Verse 1 of Leviticus chapter 10, Nadab, and Abihu, the sons of Aaron, took either of him, his censer, and put fire therein, and put incense thereon, and offered strange fire before the Lord. Why was it strange? It says, which he commanded them not. So he hadn't told them that to use this fire. They used it anyways. He'd been very explicit about we, we what, get the where right right get source. fire. Yeah. They said, well, you know, that's too stuffy for me. Uh, well, I don't think it matters. It's a detail that
1: is, is unimportant to me.
0: Yeah, It's too much work. I'll, I'll be in a better frame of mind if I can just use this fire. We'll worship God this way. He had not commanded them to do that. In other words, they didn't have authority from God. They did it anyways. What did God do? He struck them dead in verse 2. And uh, look at what he said in verse 3 to Moses, or to, uh, what uh, what Mo- the Lord had said in verse 3. And then Moses said to Aaron, this uh, is it that the Lord spake, saying, I will be sanctified in them that come nigh to me, and before all the people I will be glorified, and Aaron held his peace. Now, why wasn't God sanctified or glorified? Because of strange fire. They were still offering sacrifice to him.
1: It was still religious service.
0: But he says he wasn't sanctified and he wasn't glorified. Because when they worshiped him without authority.
1: So when they didn't do it the way he said to do it, he said he was not glorified in that process. And
0: he's not glorified because we're basically saying, God, you don't have the right to tell me. I'll do it the way I want to do yeah. it. And so, I don't show God glory when I don't submit to him and say, this is what he said to do, and this is what I'm going to do because he's God and I'm not, and I want to worship and glorify
1: him. So I think Nate Ebb and is a great example of doing it your own way doesn't work. Yep. Uh, the objective in worship God is to glorify him. Uh, in Ephesians 5, verse 19, this is about music in New Testament worship, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the young people, to the crowd, uh, to those who are drawn by the rock and roll beat. No, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Yeah. And so, again, that identifies the object of our worship, which is absolutely critical. If we don't get the object of our worship right, then nothing else matters. And the object of our worship must be God. Our purpose must be to please and glorify him. And if people are not drawn by that, we have to be like Jesus was and say, "Well, I'm sorry, but that's not what this is about. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but but it, it has become very man centered uh and 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 that is the ultimate problem in John chapter 4 verse 23 Jesus said John 4:23 the hour cometh and now is when the true worshipers shall worship the father in spirit and in truth for the father seeketh such to worship him god is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth we reference that verse pretty often. I think it's really important, but it speaks of two aspects of acceptable worship. We must worship him in spirit and in truth. No, we must worship him in spirit and truth. Both things are must or requirements. So, what about the idea that this is this contemporary worship is really, people are really enthusiastic. They're genuinely excited. They're, yeah. they're, they're very genuinely emotional about what they're doing. Well, that's the spirit part. That's good. That's mm-hmm. not bad. But notice, you've got to have the truth part, too. So we would say the problem with contemporary worship is that while they've got genuine emotion, it's really from the heart. They're not following the truth of Scripture. Absolutely. So they don't have both parts. I think they could point back at at many of the traditional worship services and say, well, you may be doing it according to truth, but you have no emotion in it. Your spirit is not seriously involved in this process. Yep. And so you could be wrong on either then count. On us, Both yeah. counts are wrong. Yeah. We got to worship God in spirit and in truth. Okay. John four 24.
0: Let's get a break and we'll continue the discussion of what's wrong with uh, the contemporary worship methodology. If you've got some comments in the chat room, we'd love to hear from you. Agree, disagree, sign in and share your comments there. We're getting this week's bullet point and we're continuing the discussion
1: right after this.
3: Wow, it isn't so hard to understand the Bible after all. There's more exciting study and discussion coming after these messages.
1: This is Greg Gwynn with this week's bullet point. The author John J. Pullen wrote, quote, the word intolerance in today's usage has unjustly come to be considered reprehensible per se. Once this dreadful word is applied to an individual, few people even stop to consider the relative merits or demerits of whatever it is that the accused person is accused of being intolerant of. Far from being too much intolerance, we have too little. For if we are to have craftsmanship, we must be intolerant of bungling. If we are to have learning, we must be intolerant of ignorance. If we are to have beauty and poetry, we must be intolerant of vulgarity. If we are to have excellence in anything, we must be intolerant of non-excellence. Pullen's observations are correct. They apply in science and industry, in education and medicine, and in a hundred other fields of endeavor. They also apply in the realm of religion. There is perhaps no other area where men have come to believe so thoroughly in tolerance. We are told that we must never condemn another man's religion. We're warned against ever saying that a person's teaching or practice is wrong or sinful. People, it seems, will tolerate anything but intolerance in religion. Yet the result of all this tolerance is non-excellence in religious service. These days, anything goes. All sorts of unauthorized acts are practiced in the name of religion. It is a shame. God is not pleased. God's word speaks of pure and undefiled religion. James chapter 1, verse 27. In order to have it, we must be intolerant of any departure from God's holy revealed word. Are you standing firmly for his truth? That's this week's bullet point. Think about it.
3: My name is Alex Dvorak reminding you to listen to the Virtual Bible Study every Thursday night at 8 o'clock Central Time. God's Word has the answers. Let's get back to studying it. The Virtual Bible Study rolls along.
0: We're back on the program tonight. Reminding you, this program is brought to you by the College of Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. Find out more about us by visiting our website, thevirtualbiblestudy.com or com. Stream some of our worship services from collegeview dot Find the link there. Also, uh, you'll find out about our podcast. We're going to throw some more of those uh, sermons from Josh McKibben in there tonight. I think. Uh, how many are we going to throw in? Just one tonight. Just one tonight. Okay. One more. One 100. more. All right, uh, and then you can find out all of those uh, from our YouTube page where Kyle helps us get that streaming up there. Uh, so check it out dot uh, com or com. Send us an email, questions at com. Talking about traditional worship or contemporary worship on the program. As tonight.
1: contrasted with traditional worship.
0: David is sitting in Ananias and Sapphira in the chat room tonight. That ought to bring some things to memory when you, you hear Ananias and Sapphira. They sort of worship God the way they wanted to. They were
1: serving themselves.
0: Serving themselves. Yeah. yeah.
1: Lying in the process. Okay. What well, made them happy. Yep. All right. I think that's another example.
0: Yeah. So you mentioned... And we talked about what's wrong with the contemporary. I agree
1: with what Kent said there, Jacob, oh, on Kent, that.
0: Yeah. Uh, Kent said uh, it was developed upon the wrong basis. The only acceptable basis for true worship is the New Testament authority of Christ, John 424, Colossians 317, and 2 John verses 9 through 11.
1: Right, Kent, exactly Thank right.
0: Thank you, Kent. Uh, you mentioned, and Kent alludes to this here, is that we want our worship to be pleasing to God. <coughs> How are we going to know if God will be pleased with our worship? For example, let's say Kyle has got a birthday coming up, and we want to treat Kyle to a nice birthday dinner. So, Kyle, come on over to the house Friday night at five o'clock. We're having a birthday dinner.
2: I probably wouldn't come. <laughs> oh, you're you <laughs> selling so trick up our sleeve.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, Kyle, you're going to come. But we want Kyle. You know, we want this to be a special dinner for Kyle. So, we would ask Kyle, Kyle, what would you like for your birthday dinner, right? Kyle, you want you want, he you want steak. He right. wants a big steak. He wants a big filet yeah what but wouldn't we wouldn't we wouldn't just say well we know what kyle wants it's artichokes and um, brussels sprouts tonight right and kyle
1: shows up hey i can't stand that no we'd ask kyle what do you like and do what he and do what he likes do what he said well we can't ask god but god has told us what he wants yeah i've used an illustration for years and some of the people who are listening no doubt have heard me use this illustration but i think it makes the point let's say that i my house needs painted yeah and you're a house painter. I'm going to be gone for two weeks on vacation and I'd like my house painted while I'm away. So I call you over and I say, okay, here's what I want. I want my house painted white and I want the trim painted green. And you, you understand that instruction. And, and I say, when I get back, you know, here's, here's how much I'll pay you for the paint job. So I leave the next day you come and you look at the house and you say, white. I don't like white houses. Almost every other house on this street is a white house. And I, I want to paint the house blue. Blue, okay. And and green trim doesn't go with a blue house. I'm going to paint the trim black, blue with black trim. All right. And so you get busy and you do it. It's a good paid job. It's a very professional paint job. What's going to happen, though, when I get home? You might be uh, you might be black and blue, too, huh? Well, there's, there's two possibilities. Yeah. One might be that I like what you did better than what I had planned, and I'll pay you. Now, that's an outside possibility. It could happen. It could happen. Probably not with blue and black. But you, as a house painter, if you wanted to be absolutely sure you got paid when I returned from vacation, you would paint the house the way I told you whether it's what you liked or not. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, now think about that. that. That's just common sense, right? Why wouldn't we approach serving God that same way? It's not what I like. It's not what appeals to me necessarily. Although I think a lot of what God's planned for us is absolutely appealing to us. But it doesn't have to be. It's about God. It's not about us. And if I want to be sure that I please him and receive an eternal reward, common sense says do it the way he said yeah,
0: why go out on a limb? Is it, well, if I like it, God's going to like it. No, God said what to do. And we ought to read our Bibles enough to know you don't mess around with God and, and doing what he wants you to do. Yeah, Look exactly. at Nadab and Abihu, for example. Uh,
1: in that example, you already cited that example earlier. Nadab and Abihu, you cited the children of Israel in the days, in, in the days of the prophet Malachi. Yep. We talked about Cain and Abel. I mean, yeah. the, the, the history of the Bible is you don't do it your own way. And here's I like the verse that
0: uh, that Eric has put in the chat room. Deuteronomy chapter 12, verse 32. Moses is commanding uh, the people. He says, what thing soever I command you observe to do it, thou shalt not add there unto nor diminish from it. Yeah. Do yeah. what God said to do. Don't add to it. Don't take it away from it. Do what he said to do. Worship him and you'll you'd worship him by submitting to his will. And doing what
1: he said to do. Okay. All right. All right. I think we've got our groundwork laid pretty thoroughly. So let's deal with some objections. Okay. So when we make these, our, our, our next question was, how would you answer people who try to defend this contemporary worship methodology by saying, I reject traditionalism? I'm against traditionalism. How are you going to answer them? Because that's what you're going to hear. I'm just I'm just against tradition. I'm against doing things the way we've always done. I'm against traditionalism. I think the way we've got to answer that, Jacob, is that some things that we do are just simply traditions we have established. But our traditions have been established basically because it works well. You know, for instance, uh, you, you always hear people say, you know, three songs of prayer. Uh, and then the sermon, you know, or two songs of prayer, another song, and then the sermon. That's the way we've done it for years. People say we just that's, well, that's not biblically mandated. Singing and praying and preaching have Bible authority behind them, but we can do it in a different order. We have we have established a tradition of doing it in a certain sequence, but that sequence is of our choosing. It's not God mandated, uh, and so. We're not here to defend that. If 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 one song and then the preaching works better, if people think that'd be better, we can do it that way. If 930
0: on Sunday morning is not doing it for you, let's do 1 o'clock in the afternoon.
1: Yeah. The time of day on Sunday yeah. is just a matter of choice and judgment. I think the reason we do it the way we do it is because that typically has worked pretty well. Yeah. You know, so I mean, but people say, oh, if it's the way we've always done it, we got We got to do it some way there. OK, we can do that different. I don't think it'll probably work as well, but we can try that. We're not we're not married to nine thirty on Sunday morning. Yeah. Uh, uh, and, and so we can be flexible. We can adjust in those kind of things. But some of the things that people label as tradition aren't traditions. They're God's rules. For instance, you hear people say, oh, the Church of Christ just has a tradition of a cappella singing, no instrumental music. That's just the Church of Christ tradition. Well, we don't believe that's a Church of Christ tradition. We believe that's a God-mandated a question of Bible authority. And so that's not our tradition. That's God's rules. Yeah. And so I'm against that. That tradition of a cappella music, well, it's not our tradition. We have verses that show
0: that God instructed singing. Yeah. Find us a verse that instructs us to play instruments. You can't find it in the New Testament.
1: Exactly right. Okay. So, you know, the the, the idea that uh, if it's the way we've always done it, it must be wrong and, and, and we're going to do it different, uh, that just... Uh, that's just a wrong approach. Okay. Uh, Paul said in Second Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 15. 2 Thessalonians 2.15. Therefore, brethren, stand fast and hold to the traditions which ye have been taught, whether by word or our epistle. Paul said, Some of the traditions are things we taught you to do. The inspired apostles laid down those traditions, and they're they're from God, not from man. And we, we, we're we not at liberty to change those. Kelly says God is a God of detail, and she references 1 Samuel 15,
0: verses 13 and following. Good lesson for us to pay attention to detail. She references the story of uh, Saul and the Amalekites when he was told to utterly destroy them and wipe them out. And he did wipe them out except for the things that he kept back. What he wanted. To worship God, he said maybe in the heat of the moment, justifying himself. But he did mostly what God said to do, but he improvised a little bit. Wasn't good. God wasn't pleased. God was not pleased. Thanks, Kelly.
1: Kent says in his email, New Testament worship is not based upon traditionalism. Using traditionalism as the standard for worshiping God is just as sinful as the contemporary model. New Testament worship is based upon divine revelation, John four twenty four god both in the old testament and new testament has never left the concept of worship to that of human judgment he has always specified the avenues of how we are to worship him by explicitly telling us statements by showing us examples or by implying where we use logic to uh, where we use logical deduction or inference to determine what is authorized and so uh... again if, if what people mean is traditionalism is just stuff that we've invented, we're not defending that either. If it's the apostolic inspired traditions that Paul talked about in Second Thessalonians two fifteen, then we're going to stand with those. But but again, we're, if it's just something, if it's just something that's a matter of judgment, and we've done it that way, we we can be flexible about that. But we can't be flexible about what God has and has not authorized. Well,
0: like this Willow Church or Willow Creek movement you talked about, where. Uh, They went out and asked people, how do you want to worship?
1: God has never said, well, worship me how you want to. Yeah. Picture Moses on Mount Sinai with God. And God said, hey, Moses, go down and take a survey of the people and find out what they would like to do, and then come back up here and tell me. Yeah, yeah. that's 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 just just make them happy. There's a lot of them. Let's just make them happy. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No. All right. All right. So that's the, the, the first objection. Let's grab our last break, Jacob, and we can go to the top of the hour. The next objection we want to deal with is I need worship with more emotion. What are we going to say to people who feel that way? All right,
0: 877-381-4567. Get in now. We're going to the top of the hour right after this.
3: Got a question about something you've heard on the virtual Bible study? Send your questions to questions at collegeview.com. We'll be right back after this. I'm Tom Goodall, a member of College View
2: Church of Christ. Do you have a question about what has been said on the virtual Bible study tonight? Perhaps you disagree with something that was said or would just like more information about what you've heard. If so, we'd love
0: to hear from you. Please contact us with any questions or comments that you might have. Email us at questions at collegeview.com and we can discuss any of your questions or comments with you privately or over email. Or if you would like to speak with someone in person, call us at 931 4567 our promise to you is that we'll do our very best to
2: give you a bible answer for anything that we do or teach and that we will do so in a loving manner so if you have any questions or comments about our program tonight or any bible subject email us at questions at collegeview.com or call 931-381-4567 thanks for listening to tonight's virtual bible study and we hope to hear from you
1: soon we're tracking the trends on the virtual bible study Between 1999 and 2017, the number of alcohol-related deaths per year among people aged 16 and older doubled from 35,914 to 72,558, and the rate increased from 16.8% to 25.5% per 100,000. During that period, nearly 1 million alcohol-related deaths were recorded on death certificates. Researchers, however, note that since death certificates often fail to indicate the contribution of alcohol, the scope of alcohol-related mortality is even likely higher. In 2017 alone, 2.6% of the roughly 2.8 million deaths in the United States involved alcohol. That information is via the book Alcoholism, Clinical and Experimental Research. The Word of God says in Proverbs 20, verse 1, Wine is a mocker, strong drink is raging. And whoso is deceived thereby is not wise.
3: Now that you've had your break, it's back to the program.
0: And we're back on the program tonight. The, chat, the comments are coming in the chat room during the break. Kelly has added uh, also presuming anything about God is sinful. And she references First Samuel 15, verse 23, which says, For rebellion is as a sin of witchcraft and stubbornness, is as iniquity and idolatry, because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord. He has also rejected thee from being king. So, uh It is a terrible thing to not submit to God. Dwight says our emotions can deceive us. Be careful that we do uh, to do what the Lord wants and not how what we want or how we feel. Okay, thank you, Dwight, for that. Appreciate those comments.
1: All right. So when when we push back against contemporary worship, as we've tried to identify it in our discussion tonight, I think you're going to almost certainly hear someone say, "Well, I just need this. I need I need a worship service." That has more emotion in it, Uh, and the complaint, as we've kind of hinted at earlier, is that uh, sometimes uh, our worship services are sort of passionless, passionless, and and routine. Uh, You don't get the feeling that people are really putting themselves into it, Uh, and if that's to whatever extent that's the case, then that can be and should be addressed if we're not worshiping in spirit uh and in truth if we maybe we got the truth part down but the spirit part we're lacking seriously we, we can address that we need to address that that needs to to be, be addressed uh because we know that God does not take any pleasure in worship that is done just by rote just and you referenced earlier Jacob in uh, in our discussion Malachi in Malachi 113 Ye say, behold, what a weariness it is, and ye have snuffed at it. Says the Lord of hosts. and ye brought that which was torn and lame and the sick, and ye brought on an offering. Should I accept this of your hands? Saith the Lord. Lord said, so basically, you've you've acted like you 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 haven't put your hearts into this, and I'm not going to accept it.
0: So it sounds like what they were saying about the the Willow
1: Creek, the folks they interviewed. What a weariness it is! Yeah. Oh, it's so boring. Okay, now, but and so we want to we want to certainly up front. Acknowledge that worship done without passion and zeal and enthusiasm coming from the heart. You know, God's not pleased with that. We we agree. But the solution to it is not to then we're going to have to introduce some unauthorized practices. We're going to have to we're going to have to bring in some unauthorized practices uh, to solve the problem. No, that doesn't solve the problem. That that creates another problem. Yeah. So now we've got passionless people who are worshiping in unauthorized ways. We've got two problems to address. Yeah, we don't have the spirit or the truth now. Yeah. All right. So I, th- I think that's what's got. I-, I think when we're talking with people about this, we've got to really stress the idea of Bible authority. What's authorized? What has God told us? Hey,
0: hey, uh, and that's really good. It gets down to the, the heart of the matter. You know, this this contemporary tr- uh, traditional stuff, is it's controversial in denominations. There's a lot of, I mean, there's there's been a lot of. Uh, upset people about that, and so yeah.
1: what they had to do is they had to break it up. Yeah, now you see very often you see the denominational churches. They don't have a sign out front: traditional worship at eight thirty, contemporary worship at ten thirty. They're doing it both because they 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 can't please everybody. But but the folks who say that the contemporary worship is wrong,
0: on what grounds do you say that? Unless you're totally committed to God's will, if it's just your opinion then there's nothing wrong with it. Yeah. If it's just your opinion that we shouldn't be using the strobe lights and the fog machines, then that, that it's your opinion, and they're entitled to theirs. If you're not standing on God's word and having authority for all you do, you can't demand it of anyone yeah, else. Yeah,
1: so uh, I think that's a really important point. If, if I'm not following Bible authority on whatever question, I can't then, I don't have any basis to go to somebody else and say, you can't do that because God didn't authorize it. They'll just turn it right back on me and say, well, you're doing this because God doesn't – and God doesn't authorize that either. Yeah. So yeah. the well, only you, place to go is full Bible authority for everything we do. You can't have the fog machine. Well, why not? You
0: have the incense. You can't have the strobe lights. Well, you have an organ. Yeah. You can't have the flying trapeze. Well, you have this. Or the bull riding. <laughs> or the bull riding. Or the inside fireworks. Or the juggling chainsaws, whatever it yeah. is. If uh, you 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 start – down that road of saying, well, we're going to do it without
1: authority, then you've got to go all the way and let it all happen. Yeah. Now, there's another point to make about this, Jacob. I think some people are doing some unrighteous judging in this matter. You know, just because someone is sitting quietly and is subdued does not necessarily mean that they are not worshiping from the heart. Or less emotional. No, I don't have to be jumping up and down and waving my arms. To be worshiping God in spirit mm-hmm. and in truth. Good point. Okay. Uh and and, and so if, if 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 someone comes into an assembly and they say, Oh, that's just that's just uh heartless traditionalism. Those people are not involved. They, they're just going through the motions. Uh be, be a little bit careful about making that judgment because you can't read their hearts. Yeah. And just because they're sitting quietly and respectfully as the Bible is being taught or or whatever. That doesn't mean that they're, they're, they're not point. into it. Very
0: good point. Eric uh, says, if someone wants emotion, preach the word. Hebrews 4, verse 12, for the word of God is living and active, sharper than two, any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit and uh, joints and of marrow, discerning the thoughts and intents of the heart. Then he also references 2 Timothy three sixteen. all scripture is breathed out by God and is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness. Yeah. Uh, good, good. Verses. Thanks, Eric. There, exactly right. C- certainly. Uh, preach the word and it will uh, result in emotion. It should, if we're doing it right,
1: it it, it affects the heart of man. Mm -hmm. It's designed to do so. And David said, what's your standard? Yeah. It's all about
0: what is your standard? I mean, if either you stand on God's word and say, we have to have authority for everything, or you can't expect and demand authority for anything. It's an all or nothing proposition. What's your
1: standard? All right. All right. Uh, Real quickly, let's go to one more objection we hear. We we have to change our style of worship if we want to win the lost, and especially to keep our young people. Young people are just turned off by this old traditionalism, and we're going to have to change our, our approach or we're going to lose all of our kids. Well,
0: not to get on a soapbox, but you're probably losing your kids because you've already watered it down too much
1: already. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that's why you're and actually, your you know, there's there's been a good bit of recent study about that, that that the modern this is a little bit of a side point, but it's somewhat related. The modern youth ministry movement has been a colossal failure. Yeah. Uh, and the kids that go that route are not staying. Yeah. When they get on their own, they're leaving that, yeah. those religious bodies in in droves. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know. If, 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 again, I think you got to be careful of the
0: argument that you make. Yeah, if, if you're not distinctive, if you're not different than the world, hey, listen, there's better concerts, yeah, at the bar, than there is a church. Yeah, so
1: we got a pretty good praise team, but you know, if they were really, really good, they'd be making a living doing that. You know, they'd yeah. be on the they'd be on the rock concert tour. They wouldn't be yeah. singing in a small church in Columbia, Tennessee. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, th- uh, while they're pretty good, they're not, they're not the pros. And if you if that's what's drawing you, you go other places and hear better stuff. Right. Right. Uh, remember that Jesus was never interested in just drawing or keeping big crowds. As we referenced John six earlier, when, uh, uh, he, he actually did there in John six, he, he intentionally weeded out the uncommitted yeah you know and he did not feed them uh the the contemporary worship crowd uh, is not not doing things the way Jesus did they want to draw a crowd and do whatever it takes to keep the crowd and Jesus never did that which is which is important to 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 point out uh, and and i just think it's not proven uh that uh you know if you've got a if you've got a a modern church building in in a, in a suburban setting that you can't reach people, if people dress nicely, if the preacher wears a coat and tie, you can't draw people. Uh, if the preacher preaches controversial sermons uh, or even negative negative tone sermons, you can't reach people. That's I just don't think that that's proven. Yeah. Uh, but whether it's proven or not, that that draws a crowd or not. We've got to do what the scriptures say to do. Okay. Uh, Kent says emotion has
0: never, that's on the the previous point about emotion, emotion has never and will never be the acceptable means to determine how to worship God. In the present age, the only source of authority for worshiping God correctly is the New Testament of Christ. When one uses human emotions as a center of determination, one will always be led away from truth into subjectivism. Appreciate that comment on emotion. And then he says about changing to attract the lost or keep the young people. He says, if we change our style of worship, we will abandon the only source of authority for New Testament worship and will only lead souls to eternal condemnation, uh, not salvation. That's a good point. So we want to attract the
1: lost, but what are we attracting them to? We're not attracting
0: them to God if we're just pleasing them.
1: Yeah, you know, and and I think people would deny the logic of it. But if you can change, if, if what if Satanism draws bigger crowds than than preaching Christ, should we do? Well, I think people, say, oh, obviously not. Well, but if if your goal is to draw crowds and keep them, then really, if that's your rule of of, of operation then anything goes, yeah. and you'd have to do whatever it takes, and that's just not biblical. Okay. Lou asked a question in the chat room. He says, is it acceptable to sing the
0: modern songs a cappella during worship?
1: Well, yeah. Yes, if, if, yes if I think.
0: Yeah, if they're scriptural
1: songs, it's absolutely. certainly. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, but, you know, I think some of our own brethren, we got just to get back on the soapbox just briefly. Oh, boy, here we go. Some of our own brethren need to be careful about this idea. We've got to do it different, or we're going to lose our young people. We want to do things to keep our young people. But do not think that throwing out basic biblically authorized worship practices is the way to keep our young people. That the abandonment of biblically authorized things is what we're going to have to do in order to keep our young people. I think some of our own brethren are treading close on that line. And here's the other thing. It's almost like we're ashamed of doing
0: things the way that God has uh, told us to do them for, for fear that the young people might not like it. You know, it's almost like we're, we're ashamed of God and his will. And so we're sort of shy away from or We're softening it back. No, we need to do it the way God said to do it. Whatever anyone says, we're not ashamed to say this is what God said to do and how he said to worship Him,
1: And we need to conform to that. Yeah. Don't be ashamed. Exactly. Right. All right. All right. we're, We're just all, but out of time real quickly. The last question we ask is: If contemporary worship isn't the right answer, what is the right approach? Well, we've already said if if our worship is without passion, without zeal, without enthusiasm, address that. Yes, absolutely, we got to address that. Uh, uh, but we need we need to make sure we're doing Bible things in Bible ways, doing doing our worship and service to God in His authorized ways. Actually, you think about it, there's sort of a false dilemma being presented to us. Either we allow all of this contemporary worship methodology to happen or we're going to have boring, dry, emotionalist worship services. Yeah. You know, in other words they're saying it's an either or, you only got two choices. Yeah. yeah. Get the get the fog machine or you're you're going to have no emotion. And, and that's a false that's in logic, that's what's called a false yeah, dilemma. Yeah. Those are not the only two options. The third option or, or or the right option, I wouldn't even say there's just three, but certainly the right option is worship in spirit and in truth. Worship God according to his truth and put your heart into it yeah. and have emotion and zeal and enthusiasm for what you're doing. But you can't do unauthorized things in the name of that's what we got to do to keep the people. All right. Can't just. He says the answer is the New Testament
0: pattern. Acts two forty two. Acts twenty verse seven. 1 Corinthians sixteen one and two. Colossians three sixteen. Ephesians five nineteen. Uh, verses that tell us what God has expected, what God wants in worship. That's the answer. Uh, worship Him in truth, and worship Him with the right emotion, with the, with the right spirit. Exactly right. All right. We're uh, well right up against the hour. A good timing there tonight. Uh, and a good discussion. Uh, Kyle, anything for, on your side of things tonight?
2: Well, I just think uh, the biblical, the Old Testament, the whole story of the nation of Israel is just is a it's time and again. They tried to go against what God wanted them to do. But time and again, he shut the door on them. time. It was just hard. He he just destroyed uh, the northern kingdom. It was he because they wanted to worship in their own little ways up there, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah, so, and Dan, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, uh,
1: the Old Testament is just full of examples like that, isn't it's it? It's just yeah.
2: if he, if if God was that way, then us thinking we could do it our own way now, we just we're just laughing in the face of God. We will be it'll be a reckoning one day, and we have to just make sure we listen, read your Bibles, do what the Bible says. So, thank yeah, thank right.
0: you for that, Kyle. Good
2: comment. Dad, thanks for a good discussion. Thanks, Jacob. Thank
0: you for being here on the other end of the line and hope you benefited from our study and discussion of God's Word. Hope you make plans to be back here this time next week for another edition of the Virtual Bible Study. In the meantime, we encourage you to put God first in your life, study His inspired Word, the Bible, and live by it every day. You'll never regret it.